0: So if you would, go ahead and turn in Scriptures to Matthew chapter 6. We are working our way through the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. There are six petitions there. We have done three of these and are looking at the fourth petition today. The Lord's Prayer, or the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples, is found there in Matthew 6 and verses 9 through 13. Let me read it to get it in front of us. Uh, Jesus instructs his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. He says to them in verse 9, "Pray then like this: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have as we also have forgiven our debtors." lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the Lord's Prayer. We have it in front of us. You'll note there the three petitions, uh, the first three petitions, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These focus on God's glory. And the last three petitions, they focus on our needs. So we might say the first three focus on God's glory. The last three focus on our good. They focus on our needs and our good. We have a physical need, which is daily bread, and we have two spiritual needs, if you will, the forgiveness of sins and help against temptation and evil. Well, God insists, and Jesus is teaching us, that we are to prioritize God's focus. We are to prioritize His glory. But does this mean that God is some kind of self-focused egomaniac? That's just sort of, you know, it's all about me. Is that that what God is doing here? in having us focus and prioritize His glory. Is He someone who has to come first? Well, He doesn't need us at all. He is first. (laughs) He doesn't need you to tell Him He's first. He doesn't need you to do anything for him, to encourage him, or to lift him up. He doesn't need your worship. He doesn't need you. So no, he is not one who makes you prioritize him so that he benefits from it. The reality is is that we benefit from doing that. Do you believe that focusing on him detracts from you? No, it actually adds to you. When we prioritize His glory, are we in some way deleted? it? No, we are fulfilled. Sinclair Ferguson suggests that Jesus is teaching us these priorities, not so that God would benefit, but that we would benefit. The fact is, when we focus on God's glory first, rather than subtracting something from us, we experience addition. Focusing on God's priorities actually makes us more human because God designed us to put Him and others before ourselves. And when we do this, we experience fulfillment. We're not deleted, we're rather enlarged by focusing on God. Ferguson said this, Man can never be what he is intended to be until his life is properly focused on the glory of God. Unless the vision of our life is properly focused on God's glory, then the whole of our life will be more or less distorted. Be messed up. God made us, designed us to focus upon the glory of God. It is what we were made for. And as we do that, we are fulfilled, we are satisfied, we accomplish that which we have done. You know what it's like to do the things that you love to do, that you feel like you were made to do? It fulfills you, it satisfies you, gives you a sense of purpose. We were made to glorify God. So as we do that, and our whole lives make more sense, we live purpose-driven lives as opposed to lives that are just focused upon ourselves. and as Ferguson calls it, our life is distorted. It's just not quite right. So God must come first, not for His sake, though He, of course, is worthy of being first and He is deserving of being first, but rather it is for our own sake. We were made for the glory of God, and our focus on and desire for His glory actually fills up our lives, what makes us fully and truly human. This then, is the context in which Jesus then directs our attention in prayer to our own needs. See how it flows here. We go from the focus upon God's glory to our own needs and the needs of others in these last three petitions. Because when we are focused on and desire the glory of God and praise and honoring of His name and the advance and spread of His kingdom in us and in the world and in our obedience and submission to His will, and we're naturally and logically driven to ask for those things that we need in order to live this life wholly and fully for His glory. So what do we need to live this kind of life? We need phys- physical sustenance. We need forgiveness of sins, and we need help to fight the temptations of our soul. Thus, we move to the second set of petitions. And today, our focus will be upon our physical needs, our need for daily bread. So give us this day our daily bread. Before we dive into this, would you pray with me as we ask God's help to hear what He says. Father, we again come asking for the work of Your Spirit to take these words on the page or these words from the lips of a preacher, uh, that You would use them, Lord, to speak to us, that Your Word would be heard, that You would implant Your Word in our hearts. You would change the way that we think. That you would conform our affections and our will to your affections and will, the things you love and the things you call us to. We pray that you will effectively use your word in, in us right now. That Lord, we will hear your voice through the words on the page and the words of the preacher. We pray these things again in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to break this phrase down, give us this day our daily bread, in in three ways. We're going to focus on particular words. The first word we're going to focus on is bread. Then we're going to focus on the words give this day daily, and then we'll focus on us and our. Uh, So first, let's think together about bread. We are to ask God to provide for our physical needs and to enjoy His good gifts. Bread. Let's think about what Jesus is communicating by using this word. There's two things to realize about bread. First, bread is shorthand for everything that we need for physical life. And that's not a hard concept for us to grasp. Consider the the word that we sometimes use um, as breadwinner, right? Breadwinner. Somebody in the family is the breadwinner. It means they go out and they bring in the money that the family needs in order to survive. Money, it's representative of the things that we need, the things we need to buy, to sustain our lives, to take care of our needs, take care of the needs of our family. It's not hard for us to understand that the idea of bread refers to all that we need. It's an all-encompassing term that refers to, of course, food, to shelter, to clothing, Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33 tells us that we ought not be anxious about these things because our Father knows that we have need of these things, what we're to uh, eat, what we're to drink. Uh, he knows that we have need of these things, and He will add these things to us. Just a couple of passages that indicate that this is so Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. The eyes of all, that is, the creatures, All all that can look, right? They look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. God feeds us. He feeds all of us, animals. feeds all of us, humans. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul asked this question. What do you have that you did not receive? The implication there being, God has given you all that you have. He will give you all that you need. Psalm 104 and verse 28. When you open your hands, they are filled with good things. Realizing that God knows what we need and He provides for what we need, then it is appropriate for us to ask Him for our needs and then to thank Him for His provision. When we ask, we acknowledge, do we not? We acknowledge that He is the one who provides what we need. When we ask, we are honoring Him because it demonstrates that we know who it is who sustains us. When we ask, it demonstrates that we understand that our life, our physical life, and the maintaining of that physical life is due to the unmerited gift and the unmerited kindness of God, our Maker. Asking honors the giver. Food, shelter, clothing, work, income, health, rest, all the things that we need, we are to ask for. That's the first aspect of bread that I want you to to consider. But there's another aspect of bread that I want us to note. And that's the reality that using this term bread and recognizing that we have physical needs, uh, we realize, and God is helping us to realize, that He cares about our physical life. That the physical actually matters to God. He created us, He created our bodies, and He called them good. So there's no spiritual or physical divide in God's eyes. With the spiritual being higher or better or greater value to God, the physical, our bodies are not mere shells of that which really doesn't matter. It's going to go away one day, um, and and our souls, which really does matter, is going to continue. It's not that's not what God is teaching here. He is teaching the opposite. He cares about our physical bodies. The fact that he provides for and cares about our bodies, proves that He created us as whole beings. We are body and soul. So He values the body that He created. He delights in us He to, to enjoy His good gifts, good food, drink, beauty, our physical interactions with creation, pleasure, soaking in through the eyes the glories that we see around us, delighting in the pleasing aroma of flowers, basking in the warmth of the spring sun after a cold winter. These things we enjoy with our bodies. God delights in that enjoyment because He delights in our bodies. And He delights in providing what our bodies need. So there's no extra spirituality in depriving ourselves of God's good gifts in creation. You might remember Paul's teaching in Timothy. um, the, The idea of denying yourself of food and drink or of marriage or of the good things that God has given doesn't make you more spiritual. In fact, that is not a doctrine of God. It's actually a doctrine there in Timothy. It's a doctrine of demons. It's a doctrine of the devil. And so we are not to deprive ourselves for the sake of trying to be more spiritual. Now, of course, there's the opportunity to fast, and fasting is a time in which we're doing concentrated communion with the Lord and praying on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's, that's, that's a, a bit of a deprivation, but it's not something that we continue in. And it's not really um, it's not a, a value to God for us to deny ourselves of His good gifts the things that He has made for us to enjoy in our bodies. When He gives us His good gifts, we ask for them, we thank Him for them. Um, He blesses us to enjoy them, to revel in them. We think of the gifts of music, of beauty, of laughter, of happiness, food, work, play, exercise. All these are good things that God gives to us, that our bodies need. God's good gifts, they don't only sustain our physical lives, but they also enrich our physical lives. We should enjoy His good gifts. Now, of course, there's a warning here, isn't there? Whenever God gives good gifts, what is our temptation? Our temptation is to make the gifts the the priority, to make the gifts the thing we love, to make the gifts the thing we worship and desire. We take the gifts and make them more valuable to us than the one who actually gives them to us because our hearts are prone to love the gift more than the giver. This is the clear and present danger of our sinful nature in the midst of God's good gifts in creation. Idolatry is always lurking. It's always lurking in our hearts. But when we ask God to provide what we need daily, This fuels our gratitude and this asking and gratitude keep us centered on the giver so that we are then free to enjoy and even rejoice in his good gifts. So give us this day our daily bread. Bread reminds us to ask God for our physical needs and to enjoy his good gifts of provision. Next, we want to focus on the words, give this day daily. This part of the petition helps us to acknowledge the fact that we daily depend on our Lord to provide for us. We acknowledge our daily dependence. Now, this is not dissimilar from the emphasis of the necessity to ask God for our physical needs, but with this added emphasis that we are to daily acknowledge our dependence on God for the things that we need every day. This is vital for us in our Western culture or in our first world cultures, in the first world context of the world. We can store up food for weeks, all right? We can fill our fridges. We can put food in the freezer uh, for months even. We do all this so that we can prepare for the future. We're constantly preparing for the future. We're saving for retirement. Uh, We're purchasing insurance against all potential losses. Uh, It is prudent to do these things. This is not a sin to do these things, but our ability to do such things and to have what, frankly, so much abundance threatens to make us uh, imagine that we might not need God as much as we actually do. So praying, give us this day our daily bread, it, it keeps us centered on the fact that we are actually dependent upon God, even though it doesn't really seem like it sometimes. I you to read with me Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Please turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want you to hear the warning that God gives to Israel before they enter the land. Remember, Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law, this is the end of Moses' life. And they are on the verge of Jordan, getting ready to go into the promised land. So these are the final instructions from Moses to them. And God instructing them through Moses, beginning in verse 11 of Deuteronomy chapter 8, listen to this. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His rules, and His statutes, which I commanded you today, lest when you have eaten, and are full, and have built good houses and live in them, when your herds and flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wildernesses with wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground, where there was no water. Who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you and do you good in the end. Remember, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth, shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Must never forget that. It is he that he may confirm his covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. And If you forget the Lord your God, go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I solemnly swear to you today, you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. So we ought not ever have this notion or this idea, I work for a living. What I have, I earn. Right, it's attitude as though you have gotten everything that you've gotten because of your ability, because of your intelligence, because of your strength. The reality is God has given all those things to you. And you do know that just in an instant, all that can be taken away. That's the reality of why we need to pray. And remember our dependence upon the Lord daily so in praying daily that God would supply our needs we recognize how fragile life actually is we can lose everything tomorrow our homes can we can be lost to fire to disaster all of our supplies that all of our you know I just I'm amazed I go to Sam's or you go to you go anywhere. And it's just an abundance, abundance of stuff, right? Abundance of food. I mean, we we are, you know, snowing, it's, it's cold, it's, you can't grow a thing here. We have fresh fruit, have fresh vegetables. Just got to go down and buy them. There, we have an abundance of stuff. It is amazing. Uh, but the reality is, those supply chains could end. Did y'all get a little scared during COVID just thinking of what would happen? I mean, toilet paper is one thing, right? Doesn't take much for everything to disappear. Doesn't take anything. Life is fragile. There could always be war or famine of some kind. We just we can't imagine that. We're going to be affected by these things, but things could be lost in an instant because of these things. Our savings and insurance can be lost in financial collapse in a moment. Our ability to earn can be, can be damaged because of job loss or, or disability. We are utterly dependent upon God, and we dare not trust our abilities or our prosperity because these things are not secure. But God is the one who will not forsake his people. So praying for our daily bread keeps us rooted and grounded in our only security, and that is the Lord himself. I mean, the reality is if we lose everything, can you imagine that? If You lose everything, but the Lord will continue to sustain you. He can be relied upon daily to provide what we actually need. So, work, save for the future, do these prudent things. But you must know that these come from God. We must never depend on them uh, in and of themselves, but only on God. Remember Job. In an instant, everything is gone. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But the Lord will provide for the needs of His people. So this petition teaches us to be satisfied. To be content, to be grateful for today's provision. That's the big emphasis here is today in Matthew 6. Don't be anxious about your life. Um, Kevin DeYoung says, anxiety is living out the future before it gets here. Living out the future before it gets here. God gives grace and provision today he will give fresh grace and fresh provision tomorrow so give us this day our daily bread reminds us to acknowledge our dependence on the lord every day we need his provision every day so the third thing i want us to look at is us and our the focus here in this petition on these words so the petition reminds us to pray for the physical needs of others. And one of the most important lessons of this whole prayer that Jesus teaches us is that prayer is never just about my own concerns and my own needs. The prayer is always also about the needs and concerns of others. So we are taught to pray for the physical needs of others for uh, our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. So we're taught to pray for the physical needs of others. Prayer is always corporate. Even when it's private. We are here called to be aware of those around us. To be aware of their needs. And it's a significant way that we love our neighbors. Now, of course we pray for one another's physical needs. In a congregation, don't we? We are to do that. Pray for that God would provide for life, that He would provide funds, that He would provide work, that He would provide health. As we pray, we also come alongside one another and help one another as we can, of course, with these needs. Because not everybody has full cupboards. And not everybody has money in the bank. Not everybody has a working vehicle. And not everybody has a safe place to live. And so we are to be mindful of our neighbors. And prayer helps us to be mindful of them. Helps us to, and it's not just a matter of prayer helps us to pray for people. Prayer actually makes us think about others. And as we think about others we always do more than just pray, don't we? We always move towards the needs of others. We pray that God would also provide, meet the needs of not only our brothers and sisters in Christ, that they would be free to honor His name, live in His kingdom, do His will, but we also pray for our neighbors, those that are outside the church. Luther calls us here to also be mindful of the communities in which we live and to pray for daily bread for those that live among us. Uh, and, and and I modeled this for you as I prayed this morning, but... Um, Luther says we are to pray for good and just government and for policies that promote jobs and opportunities. We are to pray for a thriving economy, pray for good employment and good businesses and good owners. We're to pray against the exploitation of workers, pray against the oppression of any kind that crushes or takes advantage of the poor and disadvantaged. We're to pray against government policies that would suppress opportunities or depress economies. So give us this day our daily bread reminds us to pray for the needs of others. So we are reminded in this petition, give us this day our daily bread to ask God for our physical needs, to enjoy God's good gifts that meet our physical needs, to depend on God every day for our needs, and to pray for the physical needs of others. So, as we close, I want to leave you with this reminder from Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse three. You better know what it know what it says. Jesus quotes it when he's being tempted in the wilderness. God tells Israel that that He gave them manna in the wilderness that you might know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This emphasis, and it emphasizes what Jesus is teaching here in this prayer, that God is glad to provide our physical needs, but having all of our physical needs met does not equal full and abundant life. A few years ago, I read about Johnny Depp. He He had a home in Kentucky. So when we lived there, he was selling his home in Kentucky. It was a local article uh, in the Lexington newspaper. And um, the reason he was selling that home is because he was in severe financial crisis. He owned properties all around the world. He was having to sell off a lot because he was deeply in debt. He was being sued by all kinds of people. This was before the famous trial between he and his ex-wife, Amber Heard, just a year or two ago. Johnny, of course, was a Hollywood A-lister. He was one of those $20 million men, right? You get $20 million for a film. He did lots of films. He had lots of money. Um, having to sell that home was an indication that, uh, that he, was, he was in trouble. His monthly bills, they, this article said, added up to, can you imagine, $2 million per month. 30000 of that per month was just the wine bill. Which, that's $1,000 a day for wine. Johnny's relationships were a wreck. He often appeared to be a miserable drunkard. He was being sued left and right. From all those people that he was in debt to. He had everything, but he had nothing. There was no satisfaction, no joy, no blessing to enjoy the good gifts that he had. Jesus, of course, is the true bread. John tells us that in John chapter 6. The physical bread that we need always points to something greater. Jesus' body and blood is given to us as spiritual food. It is faith in the life, death, resurrection of Christ. It satisfies our soul, just as physical bread then satisfies our hungry bodies. So whether we have much or little food, with Christ, we have everything. If we have all the food in the world, but we do not have Christ, we still ultimately starve. So, because we need both food and Christ, we acknowledge our need and we acknowledge our provider when we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And with this, we will be satisfied. Would you pray with me? Father, we come I'm thankful again for your provision. Lord, you do richly provide for us in great abundance and and lord not only do you give to us what we need but you also bless what you give to us so that we enjoy it that we can rejoice in it that we can be content with it that we can be satisfied in it lord thank you and praise you for giving us our daily bread for providing all that we need and doing it doing so in such a way that we can enjoy it. And Lord, we pray your grace to us that we would ever be mindful of our dependence. We would ever be thankful for your provision. And also, Father, we pray you help us and aid us to always be considerate of the needs of those around us. that we might pray for those as well. Lord, your blessings upon us as we continue to learn how to pray. Teach us, we pray this, in Christ's name. Amen.